Shalom, and thank you for listening to sermons from Tikvat Israel, a Messianic synagogue in the heart of Richmond, Virginia. Listening to the podcast is great, but if you want the full experience, please join us on Zoom or in the building Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for our worship service. For the Zoom link, please contact tikvatdirector at gmail.com or contact us on our website, tikvatisrael.com. There you can also support the ministry, learn more about Messianic Judaism, and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of his word. There was once a Jewish bookie who loved to bet on horses. One day, before a race, he noticed a Catholic priest on the track, blessing the forehead of one of the horses. A few minutes later, that horse, a long shot, won the race. In the next race, as the horses lined up, that same priest stepped onto the track and again, he blessed one of the horses. When the bookie saw this, he placed a small bet on the horse. Again, even though it was a long shot, the horse won the race. The bookie collected his winnings and watched to see which horse the priest would bless next. He bet big on this one and won a ton of money. As the races continued, the priest kept blessing horses and each one ended up winning. The bookie realized that this was an opportunity of a lifetime. So he went to an ATM, withdrew all of his savings and waited for the priest to bless the next horse. Once again, the priest stepped onto the track and blessed the forehead of an old horse where the odds of winning were a hundred to one. The bookie watched closely as the priest blessed the eyes, the ears, and the hooves of the old horse. When he saw the bookie blessing every part of the horse, he knew that he had a winner and he bet every cent he owned on the old horse. The race began and the bookie watched in astonishment as the old horse trotted around the track, getting slower and slower until he pulled up to the side of the track and couldn't even finish the race. Totally shocked, the bookie ran to the track and confronted the priest saying, Father, what happened? All day long, you blessed horses that won. Then in the last race, the horse you blessed didn't even finish the race. Thanks to you, I've lost every penny of my savings. The priest looked into the eyes of the bookie with sympathy and said, you are not Catholic, are you, my son? No, I'm Jewish. That's the problem, said the priest. You couldn't tell the difference between a blessing and last rites. Oy vey. This morning, 
I'd like to share. <laughs> Fortunately, Harumi is laughing. I can't hear all of you, but this morning I'd like to share with you about one of the most powerful blessings in Jewish life, the blessing recited upon seeing someone after a long time. And I have three points. First, we have a blessing for everything in Jewish life. Second, we worship a God whose guiding hand brings about reunions. And third, this is a season to be thankful for reuniting with people whom the Lord has placed in our lives. Let's begin with number one. We have a blessing for everything in Jewish life. Most of us know the Hamotzi blessing, the blessing over bread. And some of us know the Ha'etz blessing, the blessing over the fruit from trees. But does anyone here know the blessing for meeting someone after a long period of time? Most fellow members of the tribe are unfamiliar with this blessing, but there is such a blessing in Judaism. The Talmud tells us in Tractate Berachot 58b that we should say the Shehechianu blessing when reunited with a friend or relative whom we have not seen for a month or more. Would you like to learn the Shehechianu blessing with me? Let's say it together, since many of us today are seeing each other in person for the first time in more than a month. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam, Shehechianu, Vakimanu, Vahigianu, Lazman, Hazeh. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and brought us to this very moment. There is another blessing as well that I'd like to share with you. According to that same text in the Talmud, if we are reuniting with a friend or relative whom we have not seen for more than 12 months, we say the Michaye Hametim blessing. Michaye Hametim means who revives the dead. Jewish life has historically been unpredictable from decrees of annihilation to crusades, to inquisitions, to pogroms. We never knew if we would make it to the next year. Thus, to see a friend or family member after a year's absence was something to be grateful for and not to be taken for granted. Let's learn this blessing as well, since many of us have not seen each other in person for over a year. On the count of three, let's say it together. One, two, three. 
Baruch Ata Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Mechaye Hametim. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who revives the dead. The Mechaye Hametim blessing has special meaning in light of COVID 19 and the global pandemic we have all lived through over the past year. And this brings us to my second point. We worship a God whose guiding hand brings about reunions. On the Jewish calendar, we're now in the season of counting the Omer. We could say that it is a season of anticipating reunion with God. Walking in the footsteps of our ancestors, we have celebrated Passover and have left Egypt. We are now heading towards Sinai to reunite with the God of our fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God came down from heaven in the time of the patriarchs, and he descended again on Mount Sinai in the days of Moses. Standing at the foot of the mountain was an awesome reunion. Has it been a while since we have met with our God? If so, this is the season to change that. The God of Israel is a God whose guiding hand brings about reunions. The joy we experience in reuniting with others after a long time, the joy I experience reuniting with you after a long time is a joy that God created, a joy that has its origin in the very nature of God. We see a beautiful example of God's guiding hand bringing about reunion in the story of Joseph reuniting with his father and brothers. After years of not seeing each other and Jacob thinking that Joseph was dead, God leads Jacob to send his sons to Egypt to get food since there was a famine in the land. Joseph learns of his brothers journeying to Egypt and reveals himself to them in what is perhaps one of the most touching chapters of the Bible. We are told in Genesis chapter 45 about this extraordinary God-led reunion. It states, Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, Have everyone leave my presence. So there is no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. 
When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region of Goshen and be near me. You, your children and grandchildren, your flocks and herds and all you have. I will provide for you here, uh, there, because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. You can see for your, yourselves, and, and so can my brother Benjamin, that it is really I who am speaking to you. Tell my father about all the honor accorded me in Egypt and about everything you have seen, and bring my father down here quickly. Then he threw his arms around his brother Benjamin and wept, and Benjamin embraced him, weeping, and he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. Afterward, his brothers talked with him. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father, Jacob, revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced my son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Here we see that Shalom Bayat, peace within the house, is restored to Jacob's family as they are reunited by God's guiding hand. Our God loves to bring about reunions. Let me say that again. Our God loves to bring about reunions. Let's not forget Yeshua's story in Luke chapter 15 of a father's reunion with his prodigal son. Are there any prodigal sons or daughters in the Tikvot sanctuary or on our Zoom call? If so, know that our Father in heaven 
will receive you with open arms. He has compassion for you and longs to reunite with you. Allow him to throw his arms around you and kiss you and celebrate your return with the angels in heaven. Yeshua also tells us about a great reunion that all who follow the Messiah of Israel will experience one day. He says in John chapter 14, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Are we looking forward to this reunion with Yeshua? Let's anticipate it in our hearts and give ourselves to imagining what it will be like. And this brings us to my third point. This is a season to be thankful for reuniting with people whom the Lord has placed in our lives. Your soon-to-be Rabbi David Wine sometimes says to me, Hagadol, how are your treasures doing? That's because he knows that I refer to Harumi, Hannah and Josh, Elisa and Miriam, as my treasures. Not seeing them for a period of time is not seeing the people that I treasure most in my life. This is a season to be thankful for the treasures that the Lord has given us. As we think about reuniting with people whom the Lord has placed in our lives, let's allow the Lord to cultivate a thankfulness within our hearts for these treasures. Harumi was recently in Japan for a month and a half taking care of her father. By the sixth week, I was done. I couldn't wait to have Harumi home, even though I fully supported her being in Japan. The night before her arrival, I went to bed filled with excitement about seeing Harumi the next day. I thought about all the things we were going to do together after we were reunited. It was so hard to go to sleep, but finally I did around 2 a.m. When I got up, I was so excited because today was the day. And I looked at my iPhone and saw a WhatsApp message letting me know that her flight had been canceled <sighs> and that she was now scheduled to come back a day later. <sighs> Our reunion was postponed a day. That was the longest day in my recent memory. The minutes went by like molasses and I tried everything I could do to speed up time. When Harumi finally arrived the next day, I felt that my beshert, 
my soulmate had returned to me and I was whole again. She is now all the more my treasure of treasures and I want to cherish her deeply. The Lord is our greatest treasure of all and we should long to be with him in ever closer ways. A week and a half ago, there was a shooting in South Carolina that you may have heard about. A former NFL player shot and killed six people. Among those killed were Dr. Robert Leslie, a prominent emergency room doctor, his wife, Barbara, two of their grandchildren, and two AC technicians who were in the Leslie home at the time. One news article mentioned that Dr. Leslie was 70 years old, that he had written a book entitled Angels in the ER, and that a few months ago, his golden retriever named Docs had passed away, after which Dr. Leslie wrote on his personal blog the following words. He wrote, and by the way, this blog is, is still up on his personal website. He says, one day, this is just a few months ago. He says, one day when I depart this body and find myself in the presence of the Lord, my time, however it will be measured, will be filled with the praises and the wonders of Jesus. I know that I will once again be able to hug my mother and walk and talk with my father. There are a lot of people I want to see as well, family and friends, grandparents, some of whom I never met on this side. And I will seek out Peter and John and the Apostle Paul, as well as other giants of the faith, men and women whose words and deeds have guided and molded my journey and my heart. We have no idea, he writes, what heaven will look like, only that it will be perfect. And because of that, I know that one day when I've experienced the presence and joy of that surrounding host of saints, I will find myself walking with Barbara in a field of lush green grass, surrounded by gently rising conifer cloaked hills. The words of Jesus will echo through that glade. Behold, I make all things new. And there will come docks charging towards us his ears flapping in the breeze, his golden hair and majestic tail waving in the wind with both of his laughing, dancing eyes meeting ours. Here's a picture of Docs, that golden retriever that Dr. Leslie posted. There is no question in my mind that Dr. Leslie is right now experiencing that reunion he envisioned with the Lord, with his family members who went before him, 
and with docs. We don't know when the Lord will take each of us, but we should have this hope for family reunion in the world to come, kindling within our hearts. That hope for reunion can spur us on, especially during the difficult times in our lives. The Lord has prepared a great reunion for us when we are done doing his will on this side of eternity. Let's look forward to that day. We also have treasures at the office. It's been more than a year now since the pandemic began, and many of us, out of necessity, have had to distance ourselves from our workplaces. Now that the vaccines are being made available and life is starting to return to normal, or at least the new normal, we are experiencing reunions of various kinds. A few weeks ago, I returned to my office at the King's University after a year of being away. For a year, I had been teaching from my home office by Zoom, as many professors around the world have been doing as a result of the pandemic. It was a strange feeling stepping into my old office as though I had gone on a long journey. A year ago, when I flipped the light switch of my office on, the fluorescent lights would turn on in sequence, one, then another, then another. But this time they all came on at once. It seems that someone fixed my lights over this past year. A lot of things were different. Even the men's room had become the women's room and vice versa. What impacted me the most, however, was seeing my colleagues whom I had not seen in person for over a year. It was a wonderful experience of reunion as I caught up with these extraordinary friends and colleagues whom the Lord has placed in our lives, in my life. There is the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Why is this? I think that in many instances, our heart grows, grows fonder because it is a reflection of our becoming more grateful for a person being in our life. Their presence, their words, their actions, their voice, their laughter, their quirks. When we go for a long period being away from them, we are reminded more of how they have been a blessing to us in various ways. Paul encourages us in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 through 20. He writes, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything, for everything in the name of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. This includes being thankful for the people whom the Lord has placed in our lives. I often say to my students, it is not an accident that you are in my class. You are here because the Lord wants us to learn from each other. 
It is his guiding hand that has led us to spend the season together. If we think of the people in our lives this way, including the people we, including the people that we meet in passing along the way, we will be more aware of divine appointments and God's guiding hand in our lives. We have talked so far about being grateful for the people the Lord has placed in our lives, but what about people that we don't feel grateful for? What if we dread going back to the office because we have an annoying boss or coworker, as an example, a nudnik? Or maybe there's someone at the synagogue whom we don't like being around. Rabbi Abraham Torsky has this to say about how we can grow in gratitude for even these people in our lives. He writes in his book, A Formula for Proper Living, he says, in 1992, I opened a small rehabilitation unit in Beersheba. For con that is Beersheba, Israel, for convict ex-convicts who had been imprisoned for drug-related crimes. When I spoke to the group about the importance of self-esteem in recovery, Avi interrupted me. How can you expect me to have self-esteem, he said. I am 34 years old, and 16 of those 34 years have been spent in prisons. No one will give me a job. And when my family is told that I am soon to be released from prison, they go ballistic. I am a burden and an embarrassment to them. They'd rather I be dead. Where can I get self-esteem from? I said to Avi, have you ever passed a jewelry store and seen the beautiful scintillating diamonds in the window? Do you have any idea what a diamond looks like when it is taken from the mine? Like a dirty piece of glass. Someone who did not know any better would throw it in the trash. But there is a maven who knows that this ore contains a gem and sends it to the processing plant, which eventually produces a beautiful, valuable diamond. There is no way anyone can put beauty into a dirty piece of glass. The beauty was there all the time. But for thousands of years, that diamond was lying in the ground, covered by layers of grime. What the processing plant does is remove the layers of grime to expose the diamond. I know nothing about diamonds, Rabbi Torsky continues, but I do know something about neshamot, souls. You have a beautiful neshama with you. For many years, it has been covered with layers of grime. If you stay with us, Rabbi Abraham Torsky said to Avi, we will expose it for you and others to see. Avi remained for three months of treatment and several months in a halfway house, 
then found a job. One day, Annette, the administrator of the halfway house, received a call from a family. Their elderly mother died and left an apartment full of furniture that they would like to donate to the halfway house. Annette called Avi. We have this donation of furniture, she said, but I have no way of getting it here. No problem, Avi said. I'll get a truck and bring it. Two days later, Avi called Annette. I'm at the apartment with a truck, but there's no use bringing the furniture. It's all old and dilapidated. I don't want to disappoint the family, Annette said. Bring it over, maybe we can salvage something. Avi brought the furniture to the halfway house, which is on the third floor of a building, and carried it up the steps. As he dragged up the sofa, an envelope containing 5,000 shekels, about 12,080, I'm sorry, about $1,286 fell from the cushions. You must remember that in his earlier days, Avi would break into a house for 20 shekels. Now he had 5,000 shekels in his hands and he was the only person in the world who knew of this money. Apply the rule of finders keepers? Avi must have thought to himself, no. Avi called Annette and told her, she told him, and told her, she told him to call the family because it was their mother's money. The family donated the money to the halfway house. Rabbi Torsky continues, when I attended the Hanukkah Tabayat, the housewarming of the renovated halfway house, Annette told me the story about Avi, who was present. I said to Avi, do you remember our first meeting? when I told you that there was a diamond within you? Many people who never stole a dime would simply have kept the money. For you to report the money was the shine of the diamond within you. A visitor to the halfway house in Tel Aviv today can see a bronze plaque on the front door which was donated by Avi. It reads, Diamond Processing Plant. Rabbi Torsky says in concluding, Torah has enabled me to see the diamond in every person. Let us be on the lookout for the rough, uncut diamonds that the Lord has placed in our lives. Let us also remember that we ourselves remain, in many ways, rough, uncut diamonds. This morning, we have talked about the blessing recited upon seeing someone after a long time. And I had three points. First, we have a blessing for everything in Jewish life, including a blessing for someone after a long time, after, after not seeing someone for a long time. Second, 
We worship a God whose guiding hand brings about reunions. And third, this is a season to be thankful for reuniting with people whom the Lord has placed in our lives. Let's pray. Avinu Sheba Shemayim, our Father in heaven, we say, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Shehechianu, Vekimanu, Vehigianu, Lazman Hazeh. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has kept us alive, sustained us, and brought us to this very moment. Baruch Atadonai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Michaye Hametim. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who revives the dead. Avinu, open our eyes that we may see your guiding hand in our lives and the reunions that you have planned for us. Help us to be grateful for all the treasures you have given us, O oh God, even those rough, uncut diamonds. B'Shem Yeshua HaMashiach Adonenu. Amen.